NBA trade season is officially underway after the Celtics and Spurs made a deal yesterday. We're less than five weeks away from the February 9th NBA trade deadline. So who are the top realistic trade targets for the New Orleans Pelicans? And what would a deal look like? Let's fire up the trade machine in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday. Pelicans play a big ESPN game tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. No Zion, no BI, a little bit disappointing. But trade season's underway, so we get to fire up the NBA trade machine and start looking at deals the Pelicans could make, and that's what we're going to do. Three trades, three segments in today's show. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free over at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team, the play on the court, how they got that real important win over the Houston Rockets the other night. And now, What's the next couple of weeks going to look like without Zion, without, you know, whenever B.I. is coming back? Do they make a trade and what do they need to target the most? Because I think that priority has shifted. So let's get into it in today's episode. So first trade, the Pelicans get Boyan Bogdanovich from the Utah Jazz. I just spaced out as I was doing this one here and the Jazz get Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham, and a top 10 protected Pelicans pick for the future. You might need to throw in another pick two to get this done. I still would even do that depending on the projections with it. But they need to give up at least a pick and at least a potentially decent one too. Maybe it's going to be top five protected, something along those lines. So why would New Orleans want to make a deal like this? Well, when you look at that Houston game and... Some of the issues with this team going forward. You know, at one point I really thought, and I've said, and I think a lot of you agreed with me, that they needed another rim-protecting big. But as I dove more into the numbers, I don't think that's as big of a deal as it once was. I think their defense is good enough. I think Valanciunas gives you enough rim deterrence, not outright protection, that you can get by. And despite kind of feeling like that was a need for this team all season long, the defense is still good. And so clearly it's not tanking them. But when you watch that game the other night, their defense is fifth best in the league. When you watch that game the other night against the Houston Rockets and you look at that fourth quarter and Houston started to get back into that one, a lot of it had to do with the lack of offense for New Orleans. They couldn't get a bucket when they really needed to. And all of a sudden, Houston started started to come roaring back. New Orleans scored 21 points in the fourth. Houston scored 35. If they had made a couple of shots at the beginning and middle of that quarter, that game's over with and it doesn't get kind of close for a second, even if Houston was never going to win that game. So adding another guy to this team that gives you offense, 
I think is a really useful type of player that you want to be looking at. So you go to Boyan Bogdanovich and look at a guy who's just done it. He's a little bit older. You don't love him being 34 next season. You're trading for him this year, though, primarily. You know, he's got a couple of years left on his deal, 20 million after this season, then 19. Certainly a deal this year could put you into the luxury tax too, depending on if other moves are made. But Bogdanovich for Jackson, Hayes, and Graham does keep you just barely under the luxury tax. That's appealing to not start that clock ticking, though next year you're almost assuredly going to be in it if that's the case. But if they need some offense, this is a guy who can definitely do it. When you look at him over the past couple of seasons, he can just go out and score. He's the leading scorer for the Pistons this year, 21.1 points per game. The past three years with the Utah Jazz, he was excellent, 18.4 points per game. This is a guy who's a career 39.4% shooter from three on pretty solid attempts. In in uh, Utah, he was taking almost seven attempts per game, shooting essentially 40% there. And more importantly, when you watch him play and the things he does offensively, he can do it kind of by himself. He's a little bit instant offense. This year for the Detroit Pistons, only half of his makes are being assisted on. This is a guy that can go out and get his own bucket. New Orleans does lack those kind of guys right now outside of Zion, B.I., and C.J. Jonas needs to be set up. Herb's, uh, you know, a finisher. You have Trey Murphy who can shoot threes and dunk but is more of a finisher. Najee at times can get his but isn't on the level and isn't quite the same shooter that Bogdanovich is. And this is a guy that's done it successfully in the postseason as well. So you bring him in and you know you have a guy that can play on the wing, that can give you points. And if you have guys out, and look, reliability, availability for Zion and BI has clearly been an issue at times. You have a little bit of a safety valve here. He'd be coming off of the bench when both those guys are healthy, I would assume. Would he accept a role like that? But if you need a guy that can go out and just get a bucket... Certainly, Bogdanovich is a guy that definitely can. You know, if you're Detroit, I don't know if they're really intrigued that much with this offer from New Orleans, and that's why I think it might take two picks. Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham don't move the needle for them. Those are expiring deals, essentially. That means they can clear some salary, not that they particularly need to, because they stink. They're not good. This is a bad Pistons team that doesn't have Cade Cunningham for the rest of the year. They have 11 wins and a ton of youth and rookies on the team. They don't need more young players. They need picks to make other deals in the future. You can give them picks in the future. These don't have to be picks that convey right away, similar to the deals that New Orleans did with the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And you might be able to intrigue them with that sort of idea, but certainly they can get at least a first round pick for Bogdanovich. So you're going to really need to kind of pony up for a guy that can be at times an elite scorer for you if that's what you're looking for. And a guy that in the postseason can help you maybe with the bench and that you're not going to have stretches where things are very dry out there on the court. So I think Bogdanovich is definitely an option for New Orleans and a realistic one. It's just going to take a lot to kind of ply him away from the Detroit Pistons because you're not really sending them any players that are having tons of value. And also, I'm not sure how much they value like current picks. They're going to be bad. They're going to have another top pick this year. Do they need more picks on top of the two rookies that they drafted in the first round this past year? Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, they have a lot of youth there. The core of that team, or what you think would be the core, is set. I don't know if they love this deal with New Orleans, but I certainly would pick up the phone and try. 
So what about another trade for another score that can get expanded actually and get a little bit bigger and maybe bring you a little bit more depth back to New Orleans? A trade with the Utah Jazz. And they have a number of players that we would really like to see here in New Orleans, I think. Let's look at a deal that can include one or two of those guys coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Look, you don't want to have positions open. It's a drag on your business. It puts more pressure on your other employees. It makes you more inefficient. You might be leaving money on the table. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So you can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. And they make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job applications all in one platform. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday like no one else is. No weeks between podcasts, no days between shows. Consistently here Monday through Friday, unless I'm insanely sick, breaking down the biggest stories around this team, the trade talk that you want to hear. Let me know in the comments down below, which of these three deals do you like the most? Or is there another name that you have high up as a realistic trade target? They're not trading for Damian Lillard and some of those guys, so it's a realistic trade target. And now for your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result from our local host. They do a minute home and away on each game, breaking it all down for you. The local hosts who give you the insight only Locked On can deliver. It's like a 10-minute show that catches you up on all the games the night before in the NBA. Follow Game to Game NBA on Locked On NBA, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And today, we are talking trades for the New Orleans Pelicans. Some realistic ones. And by the way, the one in the third segment is like a blockbuster deal that's actually kind of realistic, I think. I'll explain. I've got to save that one. Involves Toronto and Indiana and New Orleans. So this trade for this segment, the Pelicans get Malik Beasley from Utah for Garrett Temple, Devontae Graham, and a future pick. Maybe an unprotected Bucks pick in the future. You might need to kind of go that high with that. Again, this kind of fits the same kind of mold as what we just talked about with Bogdanovich. I think scoring right now is a real big need for the Pelicans when they go through some dry spells and just don't have an answer for what the opponent's doing. It leads to them trying to force things. They've caused turnovers them. The, t- the opponent gets out in transition, runs. They get easy offense. New Orleans gets zero offense. That's not a good position to be in. But Malik Beasley is a scorer. This is a guy that can go out and get you some buckets. He's got a season over 20 points per game with Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, he was pretty good overall, averaging over 15 points per game. He's a career, a little bit more of a streaky shooter at times, but still pretty consistent, 38.4% on good numbers. The past couple of years, he's averaged over eight attempts per game, shooting close to 40% during that time. That's a useful guy. They could definitely use some more shooting, right? So if you can go and get that, 
that guy, I don't see why they would really hesitate to do that. You know, when you look at Utah, they were competitive to start. Larry Markkinen's doing 40-something right now as I'm watching the game in the background. Yeah, but they've fallen down the standings pretty hard. And David Locke, who runs the Locked On Podcast Network, you know, I, I talked to him a lot and then I asked him about, you know, do they want to be competitive or not? And he goes, you know, I think if they have a chance to make the playoffs, they'll certainly try it. But everything Danny Ainge, who runs that team now, has said is their timeline is three years from now. Malik Beasley is a win now kind of guy, a help you now kind of guy, not a guy that's a three year from now player. So if you have the option to trade that guy for a future pick of someone who fits that timeline a little bit more. Well, I think they're really going to be open to a deal like this. You know, he's the type of guy at six, 15 and a half million this year that can keep you under the luxury tax. It's a team option at 16 and a half million dollars next year. So you have a little bit more freedom to decide and flexibility what you want to do with him. He's a guy that doesn't have as much unassisted numbers as Bogdanovich does, but still is pretty good at being able to kind of generate his own offense. Good three-point shooter, a guy that can get downhill and score, and a guy that keeps the ball moving a little bit, though not too much. He's fairly one-dimensional, and Bogdanovich and Beasley, neither of them are particularly good defensively. They're probably on the wrong side of being average. But it's a guy that can get you some points, and if you just kind of set him up in isolation situations, he can go out and he can do it. And it's a guy they probably actively want to try and trade. What I think is interesting about looking at Utah is you can also expand this deal. Maybe all of a sudden it's Temple, Devontae Graham, and Jackson Hayes going to Utah. And in return, you get Beasley, but you get also Kelly Olynyk. So this gives you a little bit more depth. The Linux can play power forward or center, and he provides pretty good defense, actually. He's above average on that side of the ball. He's a very good three-point shooter for a big man. He's shooting <clears throat> this year 42% from deep on almost four attempts per game. Career, he's 36.8%. That's not bad for a center. You know, he's averaging 12.4 points per game right now. He's giving you five rebounds. And one of the more intriguing things about him is his assist numbers are pretty good. The past couple of years, he's averaged over two assists per game. This year, he's at 3.2. Last year, 2.8. The year before that, 4.1. This is a guy that can move the ball a little bit. He gives you that kind of backup defensive big you need in you know, on this team, gives you a big that covers if Larry Nance Jr. misses more time, can spell guys like Zion and Valanchunas, and just kind of fits overall. So you would bring in Malik Beasley and Kelly Olinick, and those guys play, and you're sending out guys that don't really, while still adding shooting and scoring. You might need to include two picks now, if that's the case for these two guys. But again, there's Bucks picks there that I think you could really dangle to a future team or another team that would make them very intrigued in moving off of some of the good players that they could have. And I think the Utah Jazz, as we get a little bit closer to the trade deadline, realize, all right, we're we're not going anywhere, even though we have Markinen playing like he is. Let's get what we can and really kind of build towards that timeline and the vision that Danny Ainge has. So I think a deal with the Utah Jazz is much more realistic than one with the Detroit 
Pistons. I think Olenek and Beasley could easily be the right kind of guys for New Orleans to try and go after, and that would really fit on this team. It makes you kind of uh, more deadly this year and gives you flexibility for what you want to do in the future as well. So I think this is a realistic deal. Olenek next year, $12.2 million. New Orleans, it's still going to be pushing into the luxury tax, but if you're that deep and you can make another consolidation trade at another time if you need to, I think they're going to be in a good spot and it keeps you very competitive this year. So one more trade we're going to look at today. This is a three-teamer and I kind of hate doing these because they're so hard, but I think I have one that I feel pretty good about and I'll explain it for all teams. Pelicans, Toronto, Indiana. Miles Turner is included, Ananobi is included, Buddy Heald is included. Where are they all going? Let's take a look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether that's pro football, you've got the college uh, championship game coming up. Basketball, they've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Trade targets, big wins. If you want to know when Zion might come back and what it means for the team going forward, I have a show on that as well. I have the interview with Larry Nance Jr., I think pinned to the top of the channel on YouTube. He was awesome to come on the show, bringing you all the insight you want to know about the Pelicans, making it fun to be a fan of the team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment, and of course, comment down below on YouTube. Now, for your second listen, well, maybe the Saints actually have a way to be the eighth team in the playoffs somehow. You want to know more about the black and gold, check, go check out the Locked on Saints podcast. Doing everything we do here just for the New Orleans Saints. Okay, it's blockbuster trade time. This one's tough. I, I, it's tough to really get on the trade machine and try and figure out a three-team deal because there's so many different moving parts. And look, I always think, and I do this too, fans of a team, not just you, but any, any team, overrate their own players. You know, you always try and kind of give your trash away for a good player and you maybe include enough picks to make it make it seem right. But we're not playing NBA 2K here. You know, I don't know the Pistons as well as Kuka Hill does. I don't know the Utah Jazz as well as David Locke, the host of those shows. And Indiana with Tony East and the Toronto Raptors with Sean Woodley either. But I think this one makes sense. So the big one, the Pelicans get OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors, and Miles Turner. Toronto gets Jonas Valanciunas from the Pelicans and Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers. Indiana gets Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham, and Gary Trent Jr. from the Toronto Raptors. In a three-team deal, every team needs to touch. There's a touching rule. They all have to have their hands out touching each other. You're also going to need to include a lot of picks in this one. You're going to need to include a good pick to Toronto, potentially that Lakers pick this year, this pick swap. Maybe you can make it top four protected, but maybe that's it. 
You're also going to need to include probably an unprotected future pick in some capacity, one of them, not a Lakers pick, but maybe a Lakers pick to the Indiana Pacers as well for what they're giving up here. So for the Pelicans, this one's obvious, right? You bring in Miles Turner, who maybe Willie Green likes more than Jonas Valanciunas. It's a guy that, look, shoots the three ball, although I don't think particularly well. He's more of a rim protector than Valanciunas is, though I don't think he's particularly good on defense. He is a worse rebounder than Valanciunas. But we've also seen Willie Green at times not play JV and not kind of lean into the size, and he wants to play small and more on the perimeter. So this is more of a trade if he just doesn't love Valanchunas and want to play Valanchunas in some of those big moments, you know, kind of give him a center that he's going to play. I think you'd also do it with Larry Nance Jr. too. It depends on how you feel about him. So Miles Turner could come in and basically replace Jonas Valanciunas. I think it's about even, maybe a slight downgrade. Some of you might think it's an upgrade though. It really just kind of depends on how you view Turner. I don't love Turner in particular, but Indiana this year feels like they're probably going to trade him more so than they've ever been before because he's an expiring deal this year. So you're also going to have to give him an extension. And then the real jewel of this trade, I think, for the Pelicans is OG and Anobi. You might need to include a guy like Herb Jones in this deal. You might need to potentially include Dyson Daniels in this deal too. And Anobi is good, both offensively and defensively. He's young too, at just 25 years old. And he can score. He can get downhill and attack. This year, he's averaging... 18 and a half points per game. He rebounds well. He gives you everything that Herb Jones does defensively also. He's just not as much of an offensive liability. He's not an amazing three-point shooter, but he's a career 37% shooter from three on over four attempts per game. It's a guy that kind of would replace Herb Jones in the starting lineup. Maybe that's why you include him in a deal like this. And gives you more... Uh, offense there. As we've seen, that's kind of the key that I'm going on here with New Orleans. I think they need more offense. And we've seen that with Zion out there, Herb Jones at times has kind of hurt them offensively. But I think you can also get by with it. But more shooters on the court certainly a good thing. And OG Ananobi is a guy that defenses do need to account for, not completely sag off or hide defenders on like teams are doing with Herb Jones right now. Herb can also turn it around and be fine. I don't think you have to kind of rush into a move like this. He can play the two. Ananobi can play the two, can play the three. You get some positional versatility there. You know, you could run him with the second unit if you need to as well. This is a guy I think that really could add a lot to New Orleans. You're just giving up a lot in a deal like this. Toronto gets a center that they need. They play really small and it just doesn't quite work for them. So give them Valanciunas back, who's kind of that quintessential uh, center they need. They need way more three-point shooting too. Buddy Heald adds that for them. You know, Indiana is looking to get picks and maybe retool for the future. The problem is they never really want to be bad. They don't mind being in the play-in tournament, the eighth seed and losing in the first round. They like to just be perfectly competitive and just have fun getting into the postseason and get a couple of extra home games every year. So this may hinge on them just deciding to blow it up and be bad. But you get a useful player in Gary Trent Jr. 
You know, you have Tyrese Halliburton, who's a very legit player for the Indiana Pacers right now, gives you some more picks to go kind of get a running mate for him, maybe your number two guy. It could be a way that they look, but I think this one's going to be a little bit of a reach. I also think it could be a little rich for me what you'd need to give up to try and go and get some of these guys. If Onobi gets traded, it's going to probably be a lot of sticker shock at us around the league. So I might be underselling what New Orleans would need to give up in this. And it's tough to come up with three-way trades. But let me know what you think down below. I think the first two are very realistic. I do think the kind of big blockbuster here of Ananobi and Miles Turner is realistic for New Orleans as well. Let me know what you think, which trade you like the most, or if there's another player you think New Orleans should be going after. And enjoy the game tonight, too. Two games back-to-back tonight against the Nets, tomorrow against the Luka Doncic is in the Dallas Mavericks. They're not a good team, but Luka is so good right now. Going to be a tough stretch coming up. We talked about that in yesterday's show. This is really where we're going to find out what the Pelicans are made of. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all on Monday to recap the weekend.